1: Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. Want to learn how, how to be an, be, be an entrepreneur?
2: You are dedicated and devoted to a life of developing new ideas and innovations, willing to take calculated career risks, achieving independent wealth and success. Then you are ready to experience the entrepreneur effect. We'll highlight opportunities for entrepreneurs in digital marketing through interesting, practical, and thought-provoking interviews and monologues. Increase your income and be your own boss by listening to The Entrepreneur Effect. Please welcome your host, a 25-year veteran in sales, management, and business development, Dush Ramachandran.
3: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Entrepreneur Effect. This is Dush Ramachandran, and our guest today is Rick Crossland. The author of the new book the a player welcome Rick hey thanks Stush. appreciate it great to be with your listeners yeah it's a pleasure so um, you know I've been I've been going through your book and we uh, many of our listeners have uh, their business owners their entrepreneurs and many of them have businesses that they hire employees into so your book is really valuable and it deals with um, you know I think it's Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's aimed both at uh, employees and employers, employees on how to hire A players and employees on how to be A players. Is that correct?
4: That's exactly right. It's a pretty unique book. It's one of less than five books that's been written on how to be that A player. So you're exactly right. As the owner or entrepreneur you know this is the playbook to you know really understand how to be that A player and what you're looking for and then the idea is share it with your team get everybody on board you, you know as the owner you have two choices grow your folks or recruit from the outside and it really gives you tips for both of that
3: wonderful so let's uh let's start with uh, your journey how did you come to write the book because this is this is really Uh, great book. It shows deep understanding of, uh, you know, how uh, A players perform at at their high level of uh, achievement and what makes an A player. Um, But so obviously you've had a lot of experience uh, both being an A player yourself as well as hiring and retaining uh, A players. So how did you come to write this book? You know, it was one of those epiphanies.
4: Uh, I actually had an executive coach during my stint at Ford Motor Company. So I had 13 great years at Ford, and I actually had an executive coach. And that really improved my performance from, I'd say, a very good level to an excellent level. And I always thought that guy had the best job in the world, my coach Harry you know, when I am working with CEOs and owners of businesses, they want A players, right? It's funny because some academic people write articles from time to time about the virtues of Bs and Cs. I don't get it right. I don't know a CEO on this planet who doesn't want to stack their team, make an all-star team of A players. So I really wrote it because there is a better way. And us as employees, there was seriously lacking in the marketplace a book that showed somebody how to be that person. And, you know many leaders don 't have the candor to give the coaching right so oh you 're doing fine you 're doing fine meanwhile, behind closed doors with other members of your management team you 're saying hey, this person isn 't quite cutting it and it 's a shame because people get let go and I think it 's okay to let people go and some people need letting go, but if you never give them that honest feedback, so it 's meant to start the conversation on how can I be a better employee and and what I hear from a lot of employees is, "Hey, no one ever told me this. This is new information." So that makes it makes me feel really good. I think we hit the mark.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, that truly is uh, very valuable. Um, so, in your time at uh, Ford Motor, um, was was that where you discovered? Uh, sort of the attributes of a players did you find people around you that were you know getting promoted and you know getting the the really great assignments and the great uh jobs and promotions and so on and did you then look at them and say what what makes these guys the successes they are and then you look at the people that end up getting let go and you look do you look at them and say um what makes them the, the people that didn't quite make the cut? Is that, is that what led to the distillation of the knowledge that's, that's in the book?
4: You know what? That was the, the germination of it, the seed of it. But I've got to say, really, over the last 10 years, and that's as long as I've owned my own business, where I really started to cultivate the A player. And, and just to give credit where credit's due, right, probably the founders of this are two CEOs, two famous CEOs, One would be Steve Jobs, and the other one would be Jack Welsh, right? So kind of some famous case studies on fewer, better people. And I started to look at how I got results with my clients, right? So I do two things. I do executive coaching. I do executive recruiting. It's a really nice one-two punch. I'm kind of like an NCAA basketball coach, right? I have to grow a team or I have to recruit for that team. So obviously the, the best is to do both well. And I kept hearing from CEOs, I wish people thought this way, I wish people thought this way, so I started to look at that, and to be candid, because we were recruiting from networks, you know people that I knew when those people landed at first, uh, now we recruit from da- big data, we were getting very good immediate results and I learned this and it 's a, it's a simple but powerful concept. I learned with great people you know all the great strategies in the world, if you don 't have great people, they 're not going to get executed. So I would rather have a good A player. And one of my favorite analogies for A player is autopilot who could figure their things out on their own. Sure. I'm going to restate that. So one of the great things about an A player, I like to use analogs, is they're also autopilot. So these people who could go on autopilot could figure things out on their own, which was really helpful because you don't have time as a leader to micromanage. And I need people who could anticipate and could see, you know, where the puck was going. And that's where these A players. So it became a bigger focus of our practice to work on the talent. And I could go into chapter and verse of just little stories on where it was so powerful to get a better person.
3: Okay. And, uh, yeah, if you wouldn't mind sharing with us maybe just one, one or two examples of uh, the difference between, um, you know, how an A player would, would react in a particular situation versus a B or C player, I think that would be really instructive for our listener audience. You know, I'd like the listeners to think about this common problem. And I think
4: one of the biggest problems in industry is lack of accountability, so if you think about A, Bs, and Cs, right, the A player is accountable, right? They sure. they also have integrity. They do what they say they're going to do. They not only respect numbers, they crave numbers, they crave goals, they crave achieving goals, and they're accountable to re- results. And if you think of it this way, right, about a number. Responsibility are the actions to hit a number. So these A players, and you'll hear me use a lot of A words like great attitude, they had a great attitude and alignment towards the company mission. I like to call B players as basic. And I want to make a distinction. Someone who's a steady Eddie, who's the best at their craft, who you know, maybe isn't going to aspire to a higher level in your company, that person totally can be an A player. We call them appropriately placed. So just because your bookkeeper or your finance manager or your sales manager doesn't ever want to become the CEO That doesn't mean they can't be just a terrific contributor to your business performing in the top 10%. Again, Bs are basic. Bs need to move to an A. And you can tell the difference between an A player and a B player because you've got to tell the B player what to do all the time. The A player is driving the agenda, coming with results, and taking action steps to do the next activities needed to win in your business. And by the way, just quickly, I don't talk a lot about C players can't stand them, can't wait to get them off my team, maybe even cancerous to your organization.
3: Sure, absolutely. So that's great. Um, so then you you did a lot of research. You obviously interviewed a lot of people in order to put uh, this book together. And um, share with us, if you would, um, any experiences you might have had implementing some of the things that you've talked about in the book that other people perhaps, you know, picked up the book or was part of your executive coaching program and implemented some of the uh, some of the ideas that you suggest in the book Um, and uh, share with us, if you could, uh, very quickly in about a minute or so, uh, an example of where they might have achieved some some valuable results.
4: Yeah, I'll use an example of a business owner I'll call Todd uh, Todd and his wife came in to see me. He had a very profitable business. He actually was drawing an executive salary, but he was pretty miserable. His business didn't run smoothly. Couldn't trust anybody. High turnover. And by building a team of A players, by focusing on talent, by one of the things that you do when you implement an A player culture dish is you declare it, and you've got to hold on, right? Because the little will try to drag you down, right? They're they're wanting to play that flavor of the month card. What we did was we stuck to the guns. We built the team. We recruited. We coached up some team members. Now that business, the business owner is about 37. His team is run by a bunch of 25 and 26-year-old millennial A players, just super young men and women who are aligned to what uh, they're doing as a business. Clear goals are set, monetary and also quality goals cultural goals and they are achieving those goals and everybody has an ownership mindset and i have a bunch of young people showing me financials each week excited you know life is not easy if it was easy to be a business owner everybody would do it you know we had a setback here in march but the key is in the face of a setback how do you hold yourself accountable and they own the result came roaring back in april and, you know, that is just a really high performing business. And there's numerous stories that we could talk off of that. I'll give you a quick one before we go to break is that, you know, they had a we, we got rid of a B player, which created a hole. It was off-season for the business. All these A players decided to chip in. We took a portion of that B player salary and paid a temporary bonus for everybody filling in and making a, a great quarter. In their, in their off season so just a phenomenal result Fantastic. and th- that's what you can do in A player culture
3: that's great wonderful so we'll, we'll take a short break and we can, when we come back we'll continue our conversation with Rick Crossland stay tuned
2: stay tuned for more of the entrepreneur effect when we return
3: hi I'm Montel Williams most of you know me as a talk show host but I'm also an
2: author actor single father of four avid snowboarder Here's Dush Ramachandran.
3: And we're back. This is Dush Ramachandran with Entrepreneur Effect. Um, Our special guest today is Rick Crossland, the author of the new book, The A-Player, the definitive playbook and guide for employees and leaders who want to play and perform at the highest level. So, Rick, um, you know, you've, you've... created this book, and I think it's almost turning into a movement in that there are a lot of people that are uh, jumping on board, applying your principles, and, and finding great results. Um, through this journey, you've, you've come to learn many things, but in applying that to your own life, if you were to meet your, if you were to encounter your 18-year-old self, what advice would you give him? What, how, how might you have conducted your life differently? What advice would you give your younger self?
4: You know, that's a great question because I wish I had had this book when I was 18. You know, I work with a lot of millennials. I hire a lot of interns and I really like young people. I'm actually a scout leader. What I impart on these young folks is the need to add value to others. And let me give you an example. Right. And, and what's interesting is, as you look at colleges, universities, my son actually is 18. He looked at Michigan. He looked at Purdue, looked at Ohio State. He's going to be an electrical engineer, perhaps a mechanical engineer, an engineering field. So you go to all these top campuses what do they talk about their intern programs. And it just kind of cracks me up that here are major universities, top tier universities talking about who's recruiting on campus. So what that tells me as a business leader is we are adding tremendous value to our youth. And I fully believe that. So if you look at a college student who, you know, is 18 when they start college, they've had all the value imparted on them, right? Even their GPA and everything else, all their grades, all their projects, it's about them as a student. And this is really one of the first times they have to unpack all that value and show up at work and provide value add in in a term that's new to them, which is return on investment. And you ask your average 18-year-old or 22-year-old college graduate what the ROI on their services are and their head will spin. I think that's an important lesson. It's taught in the book that people need to understand, right? Regardless, it doesn't just apply to young people. It applies to a 40-year-old person. And I mean, I had a guy at a major insurance company and he was, he's a very sharp guy. He was with legal counsel there. He goes, is it just me or do people just work for their own amusement? And I I actually put that in the book because I chuckle about that often. How many people in an organization know the quantifiable return on investment they're driving to the organization? And if you know that, that is just freeing to you because you know your value to the organization. It actually helps you go further and farther. And, you know, you always have a career. You might not always not have that job, but you always have a career because if you could provide a return on investment, you're always employable.
3: Yeah, I think that's that's exactly right. And, you know, in your, um, in your prescriptions for what people ought to uh, think about, you talk about character counts, um, where, you know, the the core character of an individual has a very strong bearing on whether they can be an A player or not. Um, For our audience, would you, for the benefit of our listeners, would you care to expand on that a little bit? Absolutely. And let me just give you a little premise here, right? So when somebody gets
4: the A-player book, right? If you give it to an A-player, they thank you, they'll dig in, and it'll come up with something in like chapter five that they need to work on, right? So they're the most self-aware. You give it to a B-player, they'll say, what are you trying to tell me? You give it to a C-player, they're like, I can't stand the author, can't stand the book. It's good for you, not good for me. Go into your question, douche, on character. The A-player realizes that we're human beings And we're short of perfect, and we all have work to do in our character. And I'll give you a kind of a a safe example here, right? How many executives, when they're recruiting new talent, tell little white lies to the candidate because it's more convenient and it doesn't hurt anybody's feelings, right? Oh, you were a great candidate, but we just chose somebody else or, or something really that provides no useful feedback to them because it's easier and safer, contrast that to telling somebody, you know, the absolute truth, right, which really is going to help them, that's a different story. And you know, in a in a coaching session where the doors close and people can be candid, right, you see these shortcomings. And the best thing we can do is actually work on them. B and C players rationalize these character shortcomings like nobody's business, right? And You know, I'm on the call right now realizing where I could be better. I'm sure as I'm talking about this, Douche, you're thinking the same thing. That's a characteristic of an A player is knowing where your shortcomings are so you can raise your game. And on things like integrity, integrity is defined, it's one of my favorite character points, is doing what you say you're going to do. And one of the hallmark traits of A players is fastidiously doing what they say they're going to do. And we don't commit to something that we don't have any intent to do. And I can't tell you how many six-figure CEOs out there say one thing and have no intention of following through. And again, we see this in all levels of employees. So I'm not just picking on the CEO. Sure, clean that up. Clean up your integrity. You're going to go further.
3: Absolutely, I think that's a great point. And then, um, then as you go forward, um, for you know, young young business owners that you know are part of our audience, um, if you could give them sort of three tips on how best to hire A players. What would you say they should look for? Okay, so young business people starting
4: out their business, and, and I think young and old work here. One thing to do is recruit passive candidates. Uh, we, ch- we find all our candidates through big data tools. It works great. You think about it, someone who's happily employed, you have a huge advantage right off the start. Here's another one. Look for results. Most interviews are too short, and one of the biggest interview mistakes people make is they ask hypothetical questions, like how would you feel about this or what do you think about this? Those questions can be so easily thank, or faked rather, mm-hmm. that the whole interview goes out. You have to ask them what they've done because what they've done is the best predictor of their success with you. And the third one is to recruit from networks. Now, you can recruit when I talk about recruit from networks, make sure you vet heavily, but, you know, asking people in networking and going out to business events and say, hey, we're doing great. We are looking for an XYZ sales manager, or we're looking great. Who do you know who's a great financial controller? That is a great way to find talent.
3: Great. Now, so let's take that, uh, the, that second idea that you just, you just say, uh, which is, um, you know, look for passive employees, and what was the second one? I apologize. Is actually look for results. And look we can for go really yep. deep what have there. You done? Yeah. Yep. Look, what have you done rather than asking hypothetical questions? Yes. Um, but uh, but our uh, listeners have small businesses, or they are, uh, they tend to be young entrepreneurs, and they're hiring people who are coming in either fresh out of school or college and don't have a lot of experience. Uh, they millennials for the most part. And so asking them a question like, what have you done? Um, they might be able to give you things that they've done that are not particularly relevant to their field. It may be at school. It may be in some extracurricular activity, but probably not in the work scenario. Is that, is that still okay? Does that still work? i 'm going to look for
4: you can tell i 'm really keen on internships right i 'm going to look for the closest thing that 's relevant to the entrepreneurs business okay and just as a side, uh, one tip people have is to hire from farming communities and, and almost universally, people from farming communities work harder why because they have to get up with the chickens they have to slop the hogs there's things like that they have to do that are real hard work things right jobs like that that show perseverance toughness commitment jobs that can't call off, jobs that you don't have to your safe space, all those kind of things are predictors of good hard work. And the kids today, they don't have an intelligence problem. I I call them paper tigers. What they have is a work ethic problem because they don't know how to add that value to others and hard work. And let's say you're a tractor supply company and you're hiring from an ice cream stand. I want to know what, they did to drive bottom line results at the at the ice cream stand and say called off on a weekend and and they did extra hours and they made it work and they showed a way to reorder supplies or something that drove the business and drove the result and it can actually tell you what the retail receipts for the weekend are those are the kind of results i'm talking about and the a player regardless of age has those kind of results
3: perfect i think that's that's a very very good appreciate you bringing that up that's excellent and, and, uh, sh- and
4: whether it's a young person or it's somebody who's a seasoned executive asks not only what they did but how they did it and go deep deep deep
3: very good excellent so we'll take a short break when we come back we'll continue our conversation with rick crossland stay tuned
2: stay tuned for more of the entrepreneur Fat when we return Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1 866 625 5717. That's eBrands with a Z for
1: eBrands. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjorge, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit Fjordigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.
2: You are experiencing the Entrepreneur Effect. Here's Dush Ramachandran.
3: And we're back. This is Dush Ramachandran with Entrepreneur Effect. And my special guest today is Rick Crossland, the author of the new book, The A-Player, the definitive playbook and guide for employees and leaders who want to play and perform at the highest level so rick with uh, with all of the various um developments that are taking place um, you know in the in the workplace, more and more automation coming in 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 every area, there are some jobs that are vanishing for good um, et cetera so w- what are you most excited about in the future? I'm most excited about the potential
4: of people right uh- there is still a huge need for people to get aligned with the purpose of the business to, to build great stuff. Right. Uh, you know, you mentioned movements right now, right. There's a big make it in America movement, right. And to show that extra initiative to make things happen, to, to, you know, maybe make it in the United States is a hugely exciting initiative. You know, I think, one of the things we could do as owners and as as business leaders, right? Now a lot of it's on our shoulders, right? And you heard me earlier. I think we're actually grooming the next generation. And one of the things we could do to make a lasting impact is to mold these young people. They are craving for leadership. And please don't buy into this. Hey, millennials are different. You've got to totally move. I mean, yeah, the world changes and, and cultural wars change and all that. But what millennials really like is for you to show them how it's done. They're craving to be around successful people. So. You know, aligning people, I think there's a huge opportunity to show people how businesses really work, right? There's a lot of people in business and industry, but there's very few who are actually good business people. And good business people understand that financial acumen and financials are the scorecard of the business. And we can all be better at showing people how we're keeping score and share the sugar. You know, when you have a profitable year, a profitable month, I like to share that quicker than later. Because it shows that immediate linkage between somebody's work and the result and their payout. So if you can treat people like owners, I think despite automation and all the changes that will inevitably come, that's a powerful thing that we can do to leave a legacy.
3: That's fantastic. So um, how might people get themselves a copy of uh, the A-Player book? Well, great question. It's very easy
4: to find anywhere books are sold. Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Books A Million. If you're going to order for your team, a great way to get it is 800 CEO Reads because you can order in bulk. So it's uh, very easy to find. It's been uh, you know fairly highly reviewed. Got a lot of five-star reviews. So uh, encourage people to get it not only for yourself, but
3: for your team. And do a, do a te- team book study. Go chapter by chapter. That's a great idea. In fact, I would strongly encourage that. This is a great book for every member of the team. So... Um, the, the, uh, the website for uh, bulk buys, what was that again, Rick? That's 1-800-CEO-READS is great right. for bulk
4: buys. If you're buying two, three ca- copies, Amazon or Barnes & Noble, books a million are great. Uh, it's available in Canada as well. So we're Wonderful. getting some really nice distribution out there.
3: Fantastic. Yep, this is a great book. I would strongly encourage our, our readers to go get themselves a copy. Um, this would be this would be a really valuable addition to the company library and certainly something to hand around to the rest of the team. So that'd be fantastic. Rick, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Duche Anytime is a wonderful experience. Thank you.